You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode number 54, The Midsummer Snowstorm. Hello and welcome to the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Steven and a thousand miles over there to my right is another host, Mr. Ed Moore. Hi. Hi, Ed. Hello, Doug. Yes, Doug. And anyone else? Is anyone else showing as being on, Stephen? I, I'm showing two folks, but okay. Doug's the only one that's commented. You, so you other folk out there, hi. For for anybody who's listening, if this is your first episode, uh, we do these live on YouTube through a live stream through the Superman Super Show YouTube channel, and we have folks that that join us through the YouTube chat, and so we often. We often forget when we just start answering their questions that maybe somebody who's listening might not understand yep. what it is we're doing. We're just so uh, veering off into something really freaky there. It's yeah. I you know, I used to worry about that, but I don't anymore. Hey, when, hey, I'm, when I'm editing and I come across that in an episode, I'm just like, eh. you, you want to drop in? Uh, this is uh, editor yeah. Steven here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do audio audio editor's notes yeah i, I just wanted yep. to say that uh, we stopped here because yeah that's a lot of work that's a I lot know. of extra work right there so i know that's not is. gonna happen yep. that's not gonna happen you know it's like people are people will either understand or they'll they just will not listen <laughs> it's either gonna drive them it's crazy fine. and they won't listen or they yep. will understand and they'll they'll continue to listen we have no control over that at all so before we really get into any kind of banter, this is the normal portion in the episode where we have spontaneous banter that we typically make our, you know, we, you and I plan individually what our banter is going to be for right, every episode because right, yeah. that's the kind of people we are. It's but pre-banted banter. Yes, it's, it's preconceived banter. Um, I got an email uh, back on April 22nd, uh, not I, but the, the, the show did. and. You and I had talked about, you brought up uh, a couple of weeks back that it might be time for us to do another feedback episode, but we just, we don't really have a lot of feedback. Okay. But this particular email, I felt we need, I needed to share because it asks us a specific question. And uh, I, I have been, well, we'll get to the question here in a second, but I've been ruminating on this question ever since this email came in, which was back on April 22nd. And I don't know that I have an answer. So I'm hoping you do. So I sent it to you earlier today, okay. but it comes from uh, Matthew Larson. And he says, following along with the podcast, first time through the golden age in these early books, they routinely say Superman champion of the helpless and oppressed. I see it in these books, but he's not really that today. He's facing off against Mongol and dark side. I don't read much modern comics. Do you know characters who have taken up that mantle today? Um, and, you know, now that I now that I read it, I there, there is actual one that that does kind of come to mind. OK. Um, and that's Superman's son, Jonathan Kent. He if if you've read Superman, son of Kal-El, that series, it seemed like that that's what they were kind of setting him up to be was kind of like the superhero version of a social justice warrior. Uh, but he didn't. Basically, all, all he ended up really doing was uh, standing up against the oppression of a dictator from another country who was oppressing people. So I those those particular words. N no, I, I certainly can't think of someone who has said that, which I 
you probably would never actually see somebody say that. But yeah. even in the uh, you know the narration at the beginning of a book, you don't see it too too much now. But I know back in the eighties and nineties, like say a John Byrne, um, a Chris Claremont, they would they would there was some word slinging that they would do and they would lock onto it and it would be the exact same in every issue at the beginning, you know, yeah. uh, a concept or something like that. Um, but nobody, nobody really does. I think nobody really thinks that that is necessary now. I, I don't know, but I, I don't run into that as much. Um, so nobody says it. Now, somebody might think that in their mind as they're going about their, you know, quote unquote patrol or something like that. Yeah. I helpless and oppressed for some reason puts me in mind of black lightning for dc yeah um so probably to me about the only people that would do that that would consider what they're doing as as those descriptors would have to be somebody that is quote unquote street level somebody who Agreed. lives with where they are superheroing whether it be their block their country their even their planet, depending if they didn't get off planet and it was, you know, maybe a planet involved in some sort of uh, civil war or somebody was warring against them, a, a Ran Thanagar kind of thing or something like that. Yeah. But I, I think to consider the fact that you're helping, uh, helping the helpless and oppressed, I think it would take a really reduced point of view. You'd really have to be yeah. focusing in on, and, and I don't know, maybe there is somebody out there whose hero focuses on their, um, they are of the same as the people that they're helping, whether it be a racial or a, um, a kind of people like the, uh, the Romanese or, you know, something that is a smaller group of yeah. people. Um, otherwise, yeah, somebody like a Superman who is this big, everybody, everywhere, all the time. Yeah, that, Nine times work. out of ten, you have a you have a superhero, whether they're street level or not. Um, in the end, ultimately, they are just they're fighting crime. You know, it's it's yeah. they're not specifically going out there and finding people who are who need to have right. uh, somebody champion something for them. Um, Doug says that he thinks Nightwing is kind of doing that now, and yeah, I would agree with that, especially the. With, um, I'm not 100% caught up on Nightwing, but you know, he started that foundation, mm -hmm. uh, to, to make, um, Bloodhaven a better place and to help homeless people and, and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then I think Green Arrow has always meant to be that kind I was of just, hero. I was just thinking that, um, yeah. Whether or not, you know, depending on who writes him, mm -hmm. really depends on whether or not he, he, he is that. When, but when, when I think of like champion of the oppressed, it's like I almost think of somebody like the A team who, you know, if you need help and you can't find it anywhere else, you know, cops aren't helping you, the government's not helping you, you know, you find the A team and they'll 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 right. help. That's what I think of when I think of champion of the oppressed. But I mean, ultimately it's it's uh, you know, somebody like a Green Arrow or a Batman or a Black Lightning who are down there in the on the streets getting rid of the types of crime that the, the police aren't. You could you could right. say that's being champion of the oppressed. So well I mean even, you know, as we're talking, thinking about somebody like Daredevil, who maybe gets pulled away, but yeah. his focus is always the people of 
Hell's Kitchen, that yeah. one yep. particular part of New York. He, he may have to go somewhere and do something else, but he always comes back there. And at night when he goes out, that's always where he goes out is running yeah. around Hell's Kitchen. So he, you know. And, you know, Superman, it's it's the Golden Age Superman for a, a lot of these stories it is really specific. It's he's not just fighting crime. He's Mm-mm. you know taking out crooked uh, auto manufacturers because right. people are getting in too many wrecks. He's you know destroying um, tenement housing because the landlords aren't you know playing fair with their tenants. He's he's rescuing children from from wayward youth homes and stuff like that. But right, you know, in general, it's like the. What we've kind of, I feel like what we've kind of gotten to nowadays is, yeah, you've got a guy like Daredevil who he, he focuses on Hell's Kitchen. He's there to help the people of Hell's Kitchen. But really what you see him doing most of the time is just fighting the, 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 the super villain of the, of the moment that, that happens to be doing whatever they're doing right. in Hell's Kitchen, whether it's a serial killer or bank robber or whatever that's, he's still Nine times out of ten, they are still kind of going up against more of the 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 costume criminal element right. more than you know. I've I've noticed that there is a uh, I don't know that there's, there's the the car factories are building inferior cars and people are getting hurt because of it. So I've got to go in and destroy this car factory. You know, there's right. I, there's nothing that specific, but I think when we do talk about someone like a Daredevil or a Green Arrow or or even a Spider Man. That's kind of what they're doing. They're that's why they're considered street level heroes. They're right. not they're not there to stop the alien invasion. They're there to right. help the they're average not the Avengers Joe. or the JLA yeah. and the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're not yeah. yeah. Um so following up with that, uh Matthew, you indicate that this is the first time reading Golden Age, but you don't read much modern age, which in my mind leaves the silver and bronze. Uh, if that's the case, what are your thoughts on someone in those eras or from whatever era of books that you're reading, whatever books that you're reading, that is a champion of the helpless and oppressed? Yeah. Uh, take take this question and, and volley it back your way and, and yeah. ask, you know, what what how would you answer this? So speaking of Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, mar- Modern Age. So. I think about this a lot and I, and I always mean to go and look it up, but I never do. But, you know, you talk about like the golden age of comics and the silver age and the bronze age. Those are particular eras. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golden age is like what? 38 to I the think 50s. It's, so like yeah, mid fifties, mid fifties. Yeah. So you're looking at 15 years, maybe roughly 15. And then the Silver Age is mid fifties to what late sixties, early seventies, early seventies, another fifteen years, roughly. And then the Bronze Age then From picks up around that time, seventy to eighty five, which turns out to be another fifteen years. So then the Modern Age well, is what just everything after I, that because that's see, a that's, pretty broad time frame. I'm I'm I just I don't know why they haven't come up with another age to, to take us from like the eighties, you know, mid eighties through the nineties, maybe into the two, maybe like from the, the, the back half of the eighties to 2000, you know, that needs to be its own age, frankly, because the people who worried about those names have lived through those other portions. They know and understand those other portions, even though they might not have a name for them. They know yeah. 
in their minds when things started and ended as far as uh, thematically in comic books. So there's not necessarily a reason to name them because you've lived it. And when you see something, you know, oh, this is from then. Oh, yeah, he was writing then. And well, but even so even not- even still, I mean, think about folks who are who have come into comics over the last 10, 10, 15, 15 years. Um, you know, as as we roll into the 2000s, you've got you're you're getting these new readers who talk about, you know, when when I hear some of these the these these whippersnappers, you know, talking about my Superman is is the Superman from Birthright. That's when I right. started reading, you know, stuff like that. And it's like when they when they look back then at the stuff that came before, it's I mean, there's a period there when the 80s go into the 90s and really there's a huge mm-hmm. shift uh, thematically that goes from comics were more about the story and then it just went boom. It was all flat, you know, not all of it, of course. I don't like it when people say that 90s comics suck because I like to point out that there were quite a few comics that were created in the 90s that were pretty awesome really good uh yeah. madman always comes to mind madman hellboy you know they just a lot of them weren't with marvel or dc or image comics you know right. yeah but i i don't know i have a feeling that at some point in the next 10 or 15 years we are gonna somebody's gonna finally say yeah. all right this time frame They'll is gonna be to. known as the, right. the image and I'm sure image will be part of it. I, part of the name. It's gotta be because that's kind of what the, the whole image comics boom is kind of what defines that era to a certain extent. Uh, you know, we saw comics heading that way anyway, somewhat. because yeah. guys like Rob Liefeld and you know, the guys that left Marvel to form image, you know, but I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be like golden age, silver age, bronze age, image age something like that you know and then that, modern that age wouldn't be bad i mean it if you if you think from uh let's say um usually the end of the bronze age is considered to be from every time i read about it around the end of uh, crisis on infinite earths yeah that's makes sense that's kind of the end of that that age so that was 86 i think is when that finished up um so another 15 years would be 2001 Well, there's probably two or three things that happened in those 15 years to lump them all together. Yep. So you're looking at four or five year intervals there. And then from 2000 until, I don't know, really, uh, to now, maybe, arguably, things haven't substantially changed. So, you know, and they don't look to be shit. Well, I don't know, unless you want to say that one of these reboots of DC will mark the end and beginning of something else. I don't know. New 52 or um, this dawn of DC certainly won't be the end beginning of anything because it's just a label. A lot of it is just status quo from what I can tell for the previous three or four years, the books I've read. So, But um, ending the Bronze Age around 85 and 86 makes sense because that is the point. Like you said, first you had crisis ending, and that's a big thematic shift for DC Comics just right there. Yeah. But you've also got around 85 and 86, you've got stuff coming out like Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen. Right. You know, there's a the the whole darkness, you know, the 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 dark and edgy kind of starts there. And for a lot of people, I mean, maybe not some of us, but for a lot of people, 
the whole dark and edgy kind of defines that era from like the late eighties into the nineties, you know? Yes. But in the early nineties, right. In the early nineties though, is when you start getting belts and pouches and leather and stuff like that, which is not dark and gritty, but that still exists. So it's like two big themes now are running side by side, depending on what you read. Uh, And you've also got, you, you know, you've always had creator owned books were always a thing going like, you know, you, cause you had like ElfQuest, TMNT oh, yeah. blew up in the 80s. That's completely creator owned. But going into the 90s, I mean, that's when kind of the big, it, it felt like more of a creator owned renaissance at that point because of those guys forming yeah. Image Comics. Because then of you Image. Have, yeah. Cause then you get stuff like, like I said, like Madman and Hellboy and yeah. stuff that they had going on at Vertigo, you know, that, even though they're DC stuff, they are still considered creator owned books because for a lot of those deals that those, those creators mm-hmm. made to, to be in vertigo, they, they still kind of owned a lot of that. But right. I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like at some point in our lifetime before we are rested in a pine box, we're going to, we're going to see a new, they're going to define that period yeah. as, as, as separated off as its own age. Sure. Eventually. There'll be a new age, maybe two, just depending yeah. To, yep. to kind of catch us up, but I'll let I'll let other people who are worried about that. And I am much. I'm like, a little worried. <laughs> well, I'm like the people that I described. I lived it, so I yeah. can pick up a book and I can, to a large extent, I can place it within two or three years of when it came out before oh, yeah. I even yeah. look at it, just looking at the yeah. cover. So I know the ages even though I might not have a name for it. I can I can right. describe it enough to tell you why this is part of its own thing, you know, if you show me something. So that's that's good enough for me. I, I you know, I'm yeah. I'm not I don't need to describe it for my collection or my books in plastic or my you know, yeah. it's like I yeah, I, I don't need any of that. No, I get I get that. My my brain, however, I feel like my brain needs to define I need because okay. You know, I can I can look at like the the stuff we're going to talk about today. I can look at that and go, oh well, that's golden age. Mm-hmm. I can look at a silver age book and go, oh, that's silver age. But then you you give me like an image book, for example, like a Rob Liefeld or, or Spawn number one or something, and you know, okay, that's nineties. But okay. my brain wants to lump it into an age, you know, because then I go, well, that's it's a nineties book, but it's part of the modern age. But it doesn't really go side by side with maybe some of the stuff like that Tom King is doing for DC right, right yeah. now. Right now. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Like, it's like, there's a, there's yeah. like a wide chasm right. between young blood number one and danger street that's going on right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's so I, my brain, my, you know, the whole n- neurodivergent thing I got going on, it needs to categorize it, but the, the lazy part of my brain doesn't want to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to have to categorize right, it. Yeah. So it's like, I need it to be, I need it to be named. I need that, but I'm not going <laughs> to uh, call it a uh, modern age. A yeah. And, and say a is until 2000 and then. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's, it's weird to think of books that came out. I mean, good Lord. Young blood. Number one is 30 years old mm-hmm. and it's weird to think that being in the modern age, but. Well, and, and if you look, there are places, I think, where there is an atomic age that's delineated oh, yeah. and another age after that. I think atomic okay. age is what's after bronze. So it would be late 80s, early 90s, 
to, I don't know, sometime. I, I, I haven't. But I, I have started running into atomic age used here and there. But it, it certainly is not something that is as widely agreed upon as gold, silver, bronze, which even, you know, the beginning and ending dates of those aren't set in stone. Yeah. Everybody will tell you a different year for the, the breaks in those. Yeah, I did, a, I did a Google search. What comic ages come after the Bronze Age? And it tells me that the Bronze Age was from 1970 to 1985. Okay. And that following that is the modern age, 1985, the present. Oh, and yeah, I just, no. My brain, my, yeah, my no, brain can't do that. Yeah, yeah there's, it, that's not possible. You can't take late 80s Marvel, 90s image and Tom King from last year and right, say, yeah. oh, yeah, that's all yep. in the same age. Yep. It's the same yep. style. And this, it's and, like, no. No, yeah, it's not. And, and, you know, when <laughs> no. you break it down, when you really go into the minutiae, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of books that went out in the Golden Age that you're like, you can't lump those in with. Right. Same thing with Silver Age. Things, same thing with Bronze Age. But still. There, there are generals. 1985 so. to present. That's, that's huge. That's what uh, is that, 38 years? The, almost 40 do the years? Math, yeah. That's 38 years, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's almost 40 years. And the other three yeah. are almost that put together. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, exactly, yeah. right. It's like <laughs> you, you take the first 30, 40 years and you compress it into th three different ages. Yeah, and then it's and like, then, yeah, everything after that is modern. I, I don't know. Like every, It's like all, all of us comic fans just kind of lost the strength after modern, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. We're, uh, we're good. Yeah, I, I don't know I'm what done. you call it. I have so many arguments with people over when the Silver Age begins and ends and when the Bronze Age. I'm just, I'm, whatever. Modern Age. Yeah, I get it. All right. Um, you ready to talk about today's comic? Let's do it. All right. So today we're looking at the Midsummer Snowstorm, which appeared in Action Comics number 30. This was written by Jerry Siegel and the art was done by Jack Burnley. Um, I actually took the time this time when I put together the show notes for these, this issue and then the two stories we're going to do after mm -hmm. and i looked at both mike's amazing world of comics and the grand comic database oh, okay so both had jerry siegel and jack burnley on this one but when we get to the other two there's some discrepancies okay um action comics number 30 has a cover date of november of 1940 but according to mike's amazing world of comics has an approximate sale date of september 24th 1940 so here's what happened in the issue, or at least the story. When an out-of-season snowstorm strikes Metropolis, Superman investigates and meets Laura Vogel, who claims to have information. She is kidnapped by some Arabs using a globe gun device, which kills people, leaving only their shadows behind. Meanwhile, Carlton Vogel, an archaeologist and Laura's brother, approaches the lost city of Yolanda, which makes me think of Yolanda, which is mm -hmm. somebody's name. A female, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Laura's brother approaches the lost city of Yolanda with his expedition. More Arabs attack using globe weapons, killing Carlton and his men. Superman finally catches up to the group that took Laura, but is knocked out by their weapon. He is captured, but learns that the man behind everything is Zolar. Superman frees himself and Laura, then tries to prevent Zolar from invading Yolanda. Superman is able to catch his foe, but Laura turns out to be an agent of Zolar, as the real Laura was killed sometime earlier. Laura uses the globe weapon on Superman, but it backfires, killing her and Zolar. Ed, just think about this one. 
I thought that I was sitting in a 1940s movie theater uh, seeing the fourth or fifth uh, installment of a movie serial uh, for this yeah. story. It, it, yeah. it just it felt so much like a movie serial with the weapon, with their strato strato ships. Is that what strato they're planes? Strato planes. That what they were called. Uh, the the bad guys being in the stereotypical garb of uh, World War II Arabs. Uh, they were riding camels on the expedition. I mean, everything was just a movie serial to me in this story. Oh yeah, and that I, I don't I don't mean that as a pejorative. I'm not saying that's bad, but that's just definitely the feeling, the mood that it put me in was a, a movie serial. It it had kind of almost with the with the. Uh... The, the strato ships, that's what they call them with, you know, you there's one point where there's just a sky full of these strato ships, which look like something you'd see in, in Flash Gordon. Yes. And it, so it, yeah. it really felt like Flash Gordon to me. This okay. to me, this felt when I think of Golden Age, this is kind of what I would always picture in my head. Mm -hmm. This kind of stuff. Yeah. Over Superman per taking the place of a boxer. To right. get his career back on track, right. a you know? football player to be able to play, yeah. and yeah. yeah. So you know, it makes me wonder: are we are we now starting to get into that? Are, are we going to see more, even more stories like this that feel like you said more like an old '40s movie serial? You know, you can hear the the news reel announcer right. before the movie starts. Yeah. And um, I will say that at one point I was we we get one just to jump way way ahead. There's one panel as the uh, the the strato ships have come to Yolanda and they're they're getting ready to take over and we see one panel with the citizens of Yolanda and I was very happy to see that they're the, the way that they dressed was not like every other Middle Eastern character that they've showed so far in this because they all whether they were the good guys or the bad guys they looked exactly the same not just their dress they all had the little beards right. and they could have been the same guy. And at first I was like, oh, come on. I know this is the 40s, but we can try a little bit harder, can't we? But the only difference, because we we get the bad guys that they re they refer to as Arabs, um, you know, it depending on where they're actually from in this region, they may be Arabs, they may be Kurds, they may be Persian. We don't know. They don't give us any clue other than saying somewhere within the Sahara Desert, right? right? Right. But the bad guys, the bad ones, they're all wearing the the full white, the white head things, and the the bad guys had kind of yellow things under their robes, and the mm -hmm. the good guys had white ones under their robes. Otherwise, looked exactly the same. Well, and you don't even know necessarily that all of the people that are called good guys or bad guys, yeah are all coming from the same area either. I right. mean, yep. they might be based in the Sahara, but yeah. they could be coming from a whole half a world. And, you know, so, and, you know, we, we can sit here and we can judge by oh, yeah. what we feel and know today. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is that at this time, honestly, no one called creators on doing stuff like this and no, that's why no. it was done it there has to be situations where if someone had just mentioned yeah hey can we just change things up a little bit can we do anything it would have changed but no one did that 
And so for years, those representations, stereotyped that they are, just continued. It, it just, you know. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned it before. So, it's like th- that kind of stuff, as far as I can tell, does not come from a place of hatred. It's it's ignorance. They right. just didn't they, they didn't know. Not and necessarily. Yeah. 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 Um, once you get beyond that, though, once once you get beyond that, it was a pretty fun story. I really, you know, the first time that those dudes uh, put your helmets on and then they fire that gun and the globe comes out and yep. just disintegrates that woman and there's nothing left but her shadow. It's uh, like, I, yeah, I I'm like, holy there's... crap, did they just let off like a like a tiny nuclear bomb or something? Really? It, that that was pretty. It was a pretty fun. It's you know, it's it's. I felt like uh, this was something that we have yet to, we have not come across anything like this Mm-mm. in any of these Superman stories so far. No, this as crazy as some of those Luther stories and ultra humanite stories were, this was something a bit different. And I, I, I was really quite shocked. I thought, did Joe, did, did Jerry Siegel really write this? Because this, I don't want to say it was more sophisticated, but it almost seemed like it just the the storytelling went up a level because there was a bit there was a bit more creativity. Just the mm-hmm. idea of this these globes that disintegrated people, what they they were using like radium or something like that. Radium, and yeah. they even gave you an explanation of why the only their shadows were left. I don't remember what the explanation was, but they but they do give you that. Um we had the woman that you think is is the the Vogel lady, and That's then come true. to find out she's not. I was I don't know why I didn't see that coming because we did see the woman in the car with her get out and die. Exactly, and I, I didn't put yeah. I thought it said let's see. Um, I thought it said something about her being Vogel, but I guess it didn't. Here, looking back, but I assumed oh, I assumed it was because the car got stuck. And she wasn't content waiting. She had to yeah. go meet Superman. So at that point, yep. I assumed that's Vogel. I, I don't no, know who yeah. her companion is, but, right. you know. I did, too. I thought, holy crap, they just killed the woman that he had come to that's going to explain all this. Exactly. But then the, the other woman, like, oh, no, I guess I guess she's Vogel. No, <laughs> I didn't know who she was, but I, I didn't think she was Vogel. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I, I can't explain I didn't think why she they w- grabbed I her. Yeah. I mean, she's working with them, so why would they, go, you know, I can't. Right. I, I, I didn't really try to suss that out in my head as I was reading it. Um, I, I guess I was thinking at the time that it's just a companion. The, 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 she had yeah. an assistant. They killed the one. Well, now they have to make sure to kill the other also. And so that's why they grabbed her out of the car. You know, ultimately, she's going to have the same fate as her her companion who was the more important of the duo. So, yeah. And I, I didn't think that she was, uh, Laura Vogel until she told Superman she was, uh, yeah, Once I she said that I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't I mean, believe her. I see. I did. I didn't, I, I, I didn't at any point go, I don't know if I trust this girl. I just, I yeah. run and sink her. I was like, Oh, you know, they, oh, there you go. I hey. thought she's who she said she was. Yep. And, why so would she I was, say otherwise? Yeah, yeah, I was quite taken aback when she when she betrayed Superman. But and we get Lois. I don't I don't understand why Lois was even put in this story. She's she's there again just to be put in danger in so he can way. save her. Yeah, to yeah. Get in and the then way. once he saves her, it's like 
all right. She she no longer has anything to do with the story. Yeah, that's I I don't know. Uh, to uh, maybe to try to gain some some female readership in that a maybe. female was involved in the story. Although females played a pretty important part of the story in general. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Without having to be Lois, but yeah, it I don't know. I guess this was the 1940s equivalent of fridging. I I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, you know. But I just I felt that. First of all, we got Jack Burnley on the art. You, I've said it before. At this point in the 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 life of the Superman titles, he's been my favorite mm. of the artists that have been on any of these stories. Sure, he brings a sense of realism in there that the others don't. Um, and because of that, and then the idea behind the story that I felt like this was a a sci-fi story that was a, a a level a notch above sure. many of the other sci-fi stories that I've that they've told in these in these Superman books so far. I agree. Um the panel on uh page you're looking at the uh Golden Age compendium book, right? I believe so, yeah. Uh issue uh uh sorry, page number three thirty-five where um Zolar is and Superman breaks into his ship, Zolar's ship. That image of Zolar with his shadow behind him. Does that doing this? not look like a still out of a movie? Yeah, it looks like the uh, the vampire guy. It looks like that old Nosferatu. Dracula movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just the shadow and the, the the source of light. He even has shadow on it. It's I'm like, so with that in mind and the fact that I got a definite movie serial feel from this story makes me think that that whole feel is what they were going for. They yep. sat down and said, hey, why don't we make this kind of look like this? And so whomever came up with the design of the stratoships and, you know, all of these sci-fi, the um, page before at the bottom where he is talking into the radio, release the meteor death. Really? Yeah. That could be a still from a, a movie. So I, yeah, it's, that's a, it's yeah. very movie-ish, this particular story. And I, it just they, that has to be what they were going for. There, there are so oh, yeah. many elements that are like that. Yeah, I think this is probably the first Superman story we could use the word cinematic. Mm, very in much describing so. how the story yeah. looks. Yeah, yeah. This th you could take this and and blow it up a little bit and get six or eight serial parts out of it for, for movies to, to show in the yeah. theaters at the time for sure. Yeah. And uh, we, a lot of people die in this, in this, <laughs> in this story. Yes. I mean, not, not as not many just as the ones that the bad guys kill with the globe weapon. Just not as many though, as will die in gay city uh, here. In That's, a true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They, they kind of up the ante there, but yeah, there's, the, the Superman, when and that page that we we're looking at where he busts into the ship, mm -hmm. he literally tells Zolar, signal your fleet to destroy itself or I'll destroy you. And he just doesn't even try to fight. He just like, destroy yourselves. I, Zolar, your supreme commander, demand it. And then all the ships go. Just how many men were in all each of ship? them dead? Oh, those are big. They I guarantee you those are pretty big ships. They. At least a hundred people on each yep. ship. Um, a crew the, of twenty-five at, at minimum. The the raid on Yolanda, 
uh, before Superman can do anything, they start destroying the city. Yeah. So those yeah. people die. Um, he he uses one of the ships as a uh, bowling ball and knocks out, looks like, four other ships. Those ships went down after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's just, there's a lot of it. Plus the ones that we definitely saw from the nifty little balls of light and the radium and the poof and the, all that. Yeah, lots of lots of dead people in this story. Well, and here's something that I didn't quite get earlier in the story. So Superman goes to the park to meet Laura Vogel because she's going to explain to him why there's snow in the middle of the summer. And at, he's arriving as the the woman who turns out to be Laura Vogel is uh, being killed by the globe weapon. He witnesses it because he's mm -hmm. he's he's looking at it and he's going, what? And then a police officer approaches these the, mm -hmm. the, the two guys in the car and they put their helmets back on and they hit him with the globe weapon. And Superman just watches that happen as well. And he's like, the blazing globe disintegrated a man, leaving nothing but his shadow. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, like you just saw it with your own eyes with the woman. Right, right. What? Super, you're supposed to be faster and smarter than that, Superman. You just saw it happen with the woman. And now you see that, the, the, I don't know, I, I felt that was weird that he's just kind of hanging back. Hmm, let's see if the same thing happens to this guy. You I guess know? we had to have proof that the bad guys were truly bad. Killing one yeah. person oh, isn't yeah. enough. If they kill two, they're really bad. Yep. So. And they, they even say as that, I mean, that's a great panel with when, when the cop, you know, they, you have the globe there in the corner and he's like shrieking back and it, it mm -hmm. says for fulfilling his duty. The policeman is blasted into nothingness, yep. you know, really kind of this is an innocent man that just yeah, died. That's you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. He did the, not the woman, deserve that. She yeah. The woman that we just killed, she chose to be a part of this. You know, she so it's not as bad that she died, but this cop wasn't. Yep. He's just trying to he do his job. He was just doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's I, I felt like and, you know, I felt. The same way with the next two stories we're going to talk about in the next two episodes. It's like starting with this Action Comics number 30, it's almost like, all right, Superman's been taken up to another level. It's not like, holy crap, this is a whole new level. It's like, boop, it just it just jumped up a notch. Right. You know, it's like yeah. the art's better. The story is just a slight bit more uh, imaginative. There's uh, some crazy sci-fi element, elements. But I mean, when we get to the next one, that's a crazy sci-fi, mm -hmm. you know, type of hook going on. You know, what's happening to those people as well. That was the one with the radium, wasn't it? Was it? No, it was this one. I don't, oh, was it this one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why he was wanting to take Yolanda is to get the radium stores. That's right. I And the, okay, I, my favorite part of the whole story is when Superman is on the one of the strato ships, and I think it's Zolar's strato ship. And he literally just slams his foot into the floor and oh, cracks the whole ship in half. Mm -hmm. That was pretty half. awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's and it, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't Zolar's ship, was it? Wasn't it the ship that had oh, him captured? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's before he gets on the Zolar ship, That's right, right? They were they were taking him to Zolar because they captured. Yeah. Him. And yeah, and the huge yep. ship snaps in two halves, severed. By Superman's powerful muscles. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't know. It, it, Jerry Siegel has just 
entered a new, uh, you know, kind of a new era of store uh, story writing here, or he just didn't write it. And there's no well, way for us to know that. No, not at this point. Yeah. Um, very last panel of the book. This story was pretty funny where, um, Lois tells Clark that Superman fumbled his attempt to save Laura Vogel, but at least the weather is back to normal. And Clark's response is, so your idol has fumbled, eh? Pardon me while I laugh. And then you got the, I guess that's the editor in the background wiping sweat from his brow because now it's it's back to being a normal summer's day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hot again. Yeah. But uh, all in all, I, I I enjoyed this one. This was this was a, a pretty, pretty good one. It, um, I was not, you know, I know we we kind of over explain this a lot when we're talking to the folks who only listen to the episodes that, you know, we do record three episodes at a time. So you and I often think about when we're talking about one of these stories, we're thinking about the other two that were right. have either talked about already or going to talk about. So um, I was quite pleased with all three stories that we're going to be talking about. Oh, tonight. yeah, I was, too. They they it all three together left me with a different feel than sets of three the previous handful oh, yeah. of times uh, they they all yeah, and, and typically we've been kind of it's like we'd get like a a couple of really great stories in superman and then we'd go to action comics and it'd be like ah that wasn't any good and then we get back to superman okay mm-hmm. those stories are great and they, they they've been feeling you know the superman story the stories that are in superman have been feeling different than the stories that were in action so yeah. when i got to this story after having just read, you know, we did the Superman number six, four stories in that, we get to this one in Action Comics, and it's like, all right, well, that's because it's Action Comics. That's why this feels different. But then the next, the Superman, from the Superman issue number seven, those stories had the same kind of feel. So As, as this one, not as yeah. previously. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, he's been at it writing these for what? Um, two... Five years, four years, five years. Well, w- if we're talking primarily Superman, uh, April of thirty-eight to no, uh, just a year. Yeah, well, a year and a half. But during that year and a half, he's also writing all these other characters. So you can't write that much and not. I mean, it, it's a, it's right. It's not it's, a good writer that doesn't grow as right. they're as the, the more they write, the more things that they pick up on and start changing the way that they're doing things because of that. So, and even though it's only been a year and a half, which I, I didn't necessarily mean to downplay, um, this is into the fifties, almost 60 different stories that he's written. Oh yeah. Just yeah, for this he's... one character, much less any of the other characters that you mentioned. So yeah, even oh, yeah. just by himself, Superman his understanding of what he wants to do with Superman has to advance. He has yeah. he has done this sixty times. Number sixty one, it, it's impossible that it would feel like number one at this point. Yep. There's just no way. So, yeah. I, I mean, guess you think about those fir- the fir- those first five six Superman action comics stories, and again, you're talking about him taking the place of a football player because the coaches right. are crooked, you know, this is leaps and bounds above right. those stories. Yeah. This is, this is a much more, uh, thought out, a much more involved story that he's relaying in, in this one. Yeah. Yep. Let me just flip through it here real quick before I 
I was about to say I don't have anything else to say, but I have to. I, I need to start taking advantage of the fact that I get to edit these episodes. And so, oh, uh, there you go. We can yeah. have some dead space during the live. Yeah, that's it. You can. Yep. I get to take that out when we're Ed- editor Stephen can do his magic. That's right. I am in control. Yeah. Put in um, little little voices and stuff like that, like uh, people do on other shows. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. There was there was a, it was a fun story, very much so. Uh, th- this is definitely, I think, one uh, from the golden age that I could recommend. Why well, I, I I've never read. I don't like try this story. Yeah, read this. Yeah. see what you think uh, about this. Forget that it's Superman. Just read it as a superhero and and see what you think. Yeah, and I want to real quick. Um, because I notice whenever I'm putting these show notes together, a lot of times over on Mike's Amazing World of Comics, he has some notes for a lot of these issues. Let me see what he has to say for this one. Comments. George Taylor is still the editor of the Daily Planet in this story, indicating it must occur chronologically prior to the first story of Superman 7. Yes. Where Perry White takes. I didn't. Was Perry White in? He calls him White when he walks in. So White, do you got? Uh, you have a job for us? Holy crap! And, I didn't even notice that. Yep that that is the first uh, the first story of issue seven yep. is the first appearance of it's Perry White. Literally the first word balloon of the story. But we're jumping ahead. So yeah, wow. All right. Anything else you want to say about this one? No, sir. I think I'm good. All right, folks. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Superman Super Show. Uh, until next week, I'm Steven. That's Ed. Howdy. Bye. Or, ciao. <laughs> howdy. R- wrong, Yo, wrong I'm trying to, Oops, my trying bad. to say howdy backwards. You do have to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's some Monty Python crap there. I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> You've been listening to the Superman Super Show. Questions and comments can be directed to the Superman Super Show at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter under the handle at Supes Super Show. That's at S-U-P-S Super Show. And continue the conversation at the Super Show Forum at forums.justanotherfanboy.com. We also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.